All right, all right, stand up, stand up. Come on in, find 12 people you don't know. Greet them, shake their hand, let them know you're glad to see them today. Revelation 18, Revelation 18, everybody come on in, anybody need a lesson, anybody need a lesson, Who, who's going to help me with the lessons, I see hands already, somebody grab some lessons, let's go, let's go, anybody need a lesson over here, raise your hand if you need a lesson, raise your hand, keep it up high, keep it up high, all right, all the way to the front, all the way to the front, all the way to the front, all right, you need one, all right. All right, well, where'd they go? They must have went out the door. Jalen, you going to get them over here? They're, they'll come. Just keep, just keep holding your hand up there. All right, you got some more? We got some over here. Come on. There you go. They, is any more over here? Nobody over here? Come on. Go ahead. He's going to meet you halfway. Your two. All right, all right. Isn't it good to be saved? Amen. Let's look in Revelation chapter number 18 as my family comes in late. We're glad y'all joined us tonight. Late. All right. Did y'all even get a lesson? Nary one of you. Ain't no more. All right. All right. They can't read anyway. It don't matter. All right, Revelation 18, there you go, Mr. Lawrence, you saved me, you saved me. Tim, did you ever get one? Did you get one? Okay. All right, all right, Revelation 18, isn't it good to be saved again? Well, let's let's do this, let's just read a few verses, because I want to jump right into this, because I got uh, some review to go over. I'm finding the more we do the review, it kind of helps us going into it. So we don't, if we start confused, we stay confused. How many of y'all have noticed that? Now, but let me say this, for my defense, my defense, how many times have I told you, you cannot go get popcorn at this movie? Now, let me, let me, let me explain what that means in here. Let me explain what that means in here. The movie begins, I start talking. Somewhere in the beginning, your mind goes to what you got to do tomorrow. All right? That's going to get popcorn. And if you drift a little bit, and then you try to come back, you're lost. So, just saying, it's not all my fault. (laughs) All right? So, Stay focused. Look at your neighbor and tell them, stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. All right? Now, if we do that, if we do that, now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, let's, let's, let's be honest a minute. Let's be honest a minute. How many of y'all know that sometimes in church, especially during the preaching, sometimes you can drift? The devil will make you think about a problem. The devil will make you think about an issue. And all of a sudden, you're thinking about your grocery list. You've got, oh, oh, oh. And what did he, what was that he said? Right? So you got to stay focused, okay? You got to stay focused. So what I'm going to do is hopefully, at the beginning, we're going to do a review. And at the ending, we're going to do a summary. So maybe if there was something that you missed between the beginning and the end, the summary will catch you up. Amen? Yeah. 
All right, so let's do that. Revelation 18 and verse number 1. When you get there, say amen. amen. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled, filled to her, what? Double, double. double. Let's, let's stop there and, and we'll pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for just, just a great day today. Thank you for an opportunity to just study and, and share and glean and learn and review what we've already learned and, and, and learn some new stuff today. God, there's a great crowd tonight, and I pray that you'll just honor them and bless them. Uh, Lord, they're here, to, they're here to learn. They're here to study. They're here to grow. And uh, Lord, I pray that they will not leave disappointed. I pray that your perfect will be done. Move in an awesome way. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. And God will give you all the glory and the praise and the honor for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> if you look on the back of your paper, there's a big blank spot in, on the back of your paper. If you want to write these things down, you're welcome to. If not, if you just want to listen, that's fine too. Uh, here's, some, here's some, as we go into this, as we go into this, here's some review, all right? Uh, sometimes, sometimes when we go into the Old Testament, it, it, it's confusing. I, I've been told that, that when you go to several verses to, to prove something, uh, and I do that, so I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is what it says, and this is where I can prove it. But sometimes that causes a little confusion, so uh, I'm just going to tell you what it is, and if you want to go look it up, you can go do that later, okay? Uh, so as far as review, what, what do we see? As far back as far back as the book of Genesis, uh, we see that man has decided to rebel against God. All right, uh, it, it doesn't take. I mean, you don't have to look. You don't have to look around very much to see that man has an attitude when it comes to godly things. Right? Man has rebelled against God, turned their back against God. Uh, there's a great many people who don't even believe there is a God. Uh, they think it's the figment of somebody's imagination, a fairy tale, something that's used to control weak-minded people. And they've totally rebelled against God. That began, that began in the book of Genesis with a man named Nimrod. Nimrod was the first rebel, if you will. Uh, he was the first human to, to actively, on purpose, rebel against the God he knew. And that's where they built the Tower of Babel. Now, how many of y'all remember the Tower of Babel? Okay, the Tower of Babel was built in a place called the Plains of Shinar. It's in modern-day Iraq right on the uh, Euphrates River. So if you, if you want to know where that's at on the geographic map, it's in where modern-day Iraq is today. That's where the Tower of Babel was. So geographic, and I'm saying this because last time, last time we met, uh, not the review last week, but the week before, we talked about Babylon being the system, the religious system. How many of y'all remember that? Say amen. It is the religious false system. In other words, all the religions of the world are going to come together. It's going to be a false religious system. In Babylon, the prostitute, the harlot, it's, as it's called in chapter 17, is that system. All right? And it's called Babylon. Now, chapter 18 is not a system. It is a place. Okay? It's geographic. Last week was, or, or last lesson... Uh, chapter 17 was type, it was the mystery Babylon, it was the system that was destroyed, and I'm going to explain that some more in just a second, but this week, chapter 18 is a geographic place, that's why, that's why I'm telling you about where the Tower of Babel was, okay, does that make sense, okay, so the, the very first 
human rebellion against God was the Tower of Babel. They were going to build a tower up to God. They all came together. Let's unite. Let's be together. We're all one. We're all one. We don't need God. We're we're powerful. We're strong. We're wise. We have wisdom. We have ability as one if we all band together. And so what did God do? He sent them different languages, confounded their languages, and did what? Split them up. Okay? Split them up. Not only did he split the people up, but he split the continents up to keep them separated. But what has technology done? It's brought everybody back together. Okay? So the place, the place of the very first rebellion against God is the same place. Now we're going to fast forward a little bit to the book of Daniel. Okay? We're going to fast forward from Genesis to Daniel. It is the same place that Nebuchadnezzar, king of who? Babylon. King of Babylon. He went to Jerusalem. He went to Israel and conquered Israel and killed tons of Israelis and captured them and took them captive and brought them back to Babylon. This is ancient Babylon, right? The plains of Shinar. Okay? So... We have in the same place where the very first human rebellion against God took place and God had to scatter him, in the same place, the plains of Shinar, the place of Babylon, is where God punished his people because of their sin. He allowed the king, Nebuchadnezzar, right, to bring them back to where? Babylon. Babylon. Same place. Same place. Now watch. Now think about this, the king of Babylon, King Nimrod, first world, first world leader, all right? Nebuchadnezzar could be a type of a world leader too because uh, the, the Babylonian kingdom was, was the, the greatest in the world at the time. So Nimrod is not only a type of the Antichrist, but Nebuchadnezzar is a type of the Antichrist. Now watch. In the plains of Shinar here in Babylon, they set up an image. They set up a statue. Nebuchadnezzar king, he, and he said, all the people, when they hear the music, what are they to do? Bow down and what? Worship the image. I believe the image is a statue of the king. It was an image of himself, I, tr- I truly believe. Now, so, doesn't that sound familiar? Now, isn't the Antichrist going to set up an image, right? We've learned that earlier in the book of Revelation. Now, he's going to set up an image and he's going to call everybody in the world to do what? Bow down and worship him. You see how this is tying together? So in the geographic region, in the geographic region, the very first site of the first human rebellion led by King Nimrod was in... All right, the Tower of Babel in Babylon. All right, when, when the, the nation of Israel was captured and they were taken into captivity, they were taken to Babylon, the plains of Shinar, amen? Babylon, guess what? The very last headquarters of human dominion, of humanity's Gentile kingdom is going to come back to Babylon. In other words, where the very first human rebellion took place, guess what? The very last one is going to be set up. Isn't this cool? Now watch. Now watch. Here's what I, here's what I want you to get. So as a review, geographic Babylon was the site of the first human rebellion against God. Genesis 11. Geographic Babylon is the site of the image set up by Nebuchadnezzar, king of ancient Babylon, Daniel chapter 1, verse 2. All right? Geographic Babylon is a site of Antichrist's world headquarters. Okay? It's going to be the site of his world headquarters. All right? The Antichrist sets up an economy. Now, we've, now we've done studied this. The Antichrist sets up an economy that can only be utilized through his mark. Now, what do you mean? In other words, in order to buy or sell, you have to receive a what? 
And whose mark is it? It's the mark of the beast. Okay, so what does that mean? Now, what does that mean? Now, now let's, think in, let's think in terms, economic terms. No matter what you buy or what you sell, it's going to go through him. So imagine how wealthy you would become if all of the economies of the world and all of the commerce of the world, you get a chunk of it. Do you see where this is going? So he sets up an economy to control people, right? And he says you have to have a mark. That's the only way to do it. That's the only way to do it. How does the government, how does government control you and how much they can tax you and they know what you do because they've given you a number. So they'll know what you get and what you don't so they know what to get from you, right? Well, this is going to be the same principle. This is going to be the same principle. The Antichrist is going to give a mark to everybody to control them. Are we, are we, are we together so far? Okay, now watch what else. This is, now this is, if, this, if anything's writable, this is writable. So if you want to write this, write this. Up until now, up until now to this chapter, we find a one world religion. Okay? A one world religion. <clears throat> a one world economy. You got to take the mark. Everybody's got to take the mark. The whole world. There's, there's no longer going to be, there's no longer going to be uh, uh, the U.S. economy or the Chinese economy or the Japanese economy. It's going to be one world. And, and here's the key word that you hear a lot. It's really got people, this global, that's messed up, This you know, got everybody mad at Trump because everybody wants to move to global. And, and he's thinking nationalistic, so he's got the whole system messed up. Which I, anyway, I'm not going to say that. Let's just go forward. Uh, so we have one world economy, one world religion, and a one world government. So three things we have here. And I'm giving you this on purpose because this is going to make chapters uh, 17, 18, and 19 kind of, ooh, 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 make sense now. So we have a political figure that comes forward, Right? He's, he's very slick. He's a politician. He, uh, he, he, he is very deceptive. He's an angel of light. He's very powerful, very charismatic. Uh, the world falls in love with him. And he says, man, here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to do. And here's how he does it. Here's how he does it. How many of y'all have seen them bumper stickers that's got a bunch of different religious symbols on it and they spell out coexist? In other words, the bumper sticker's trying to tell you, let's just all get along. But that's, that's impossible. That's impossible. That's, that'll never work, especially when they are diametrically opposed to each other. So he's going to say, hey, the only way to stop all this fighting, the only way to stop these wars is to have one religion. And you can control people quicker with religion than you can a military and quicker than you can an economy. Are y'all with me? So... With that being said, with that being said, he comes forward and he establishes during his time, during his reign, during his rule, a one world government, a one world religion, and a one world economy. So let's just use this term, a global religion, a global economy, and a global government. How many of you, that makes sense to everybody? It's all global, one, everything. And, and it, the whole world is included in this and, and covered by these three things. Now, what did we read in chapter 17? We've seen the destruction of the one world religion. Okay? That's what we studied in chapter 16, or it's not 16, 17. Chapter 17. That one world religion was called the harlot, the great whore, the religious system. Now, watch how this works. Watch how this works. I didn't tie these all together till this afternoon, and I was looking at this, and I said, good gracious, this is a deal. Listen, when the military, how many of y'all know people will die for their religion? When, when they won't die for their country. So the, the most powerful force on the planet is religion. So 
The Antichrist knows this and he uses that to his advantage. And he brings the world together in a one world religion. Let's all get along. Let's all be the same. And he's using that to deceive the world. And if you'll study chapter 17, you'll see that all the nations of the earth are mesmerized by this new uh, uh, this new religion of love and, and acceptance and coexistence and we're all together and, and, and everybody fought except, except for the true believers. Okay? Well, the Antichrist is using this to promote and establish. He uses the one world religion to establish his one world political government. Okay? Once he has the political government established, then he can establish his one world commerce, his one world economy, his one world commercial enterprise, his empire. Does that make sense? Now watch, see how this progresses. See how this progresses. He uses religion to gather all the world to follow him and to believe in him and trust in him, place their faith in him. And so once he has their allegiance, he can establish his one world government all right, the, the kings of the earth are going to bow and submit to him and give their authority to him, right? So when that takes place, he's able to institute the mark. He says, this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to all be together. This is, and it's not going to be, uh, it's going to be an international, global, we're going to put a mark on everybody. You can't buy, or you can't sell without doing this. So now he's established his economy. Now watch what happens in chapter 17. Now we're still in review. We're going to go fast through 18. We're still in review. Watch, watch, watch. Listen, listen. Once he has his government established, he doesn't need the religion anymore. So what happens in chapter 17? The Bible says that the kings of the earth, the people that he used to get his power... They turn on Babylon the prostitute. That system, that religious system, that religious denomination, one world denomination where all religions came together. I don't need that anymore because now I'm in, I'm in authority. I'm in power. So that's destroyed. That's destroyed. Now you bow to me. That is when he claims to be God. That's when he has the world to bow to him. But watch this. What does God do? What does God do? He uses, he uses the one world government, those kings, that's banded together and submitted to the Antichrist to destroy the religious system. That's chapter 17, right? Chapter 18 is where God is going to destroy the economic system. And what we're going to study tonight is the destruction of and the judgment coming upon the economic system. That's what we're going to study tonight in chapter 18. But then, chapter 19, is where Jesus is going to come and destroy the one world government, led by the Antichrist in the battle of Armageddon. Do you see where this this all ties together now? Chapter 17 is God's judgment on the religious one global system, Chapter 18 is God's judgment and destruction of the Antichrist's economic system. And then chapter 19 is the destruction and the judgment of the Antichrist's government system. Say amen. That's a review, ain't it? Are y'all ready? All right. All right. Let's jump into this. I got some, I got some pictures for you. <clears throat> so, hang on a minute. I forgot something. Chapter 17, chapter 17, Babylon in chapter 17 is the religious system. It's a global system, okay? It's a global system. It's the religion of the world. You know, you think about the United States is a Christian nation. Uh, certain nations are, are, are Catholic. Certain nations are Hindu or Buddhist. Not anymore. The world will have one world religion. That's destroyed in chapter 17. It's, it's a system. Say that with me. It's a, it's a religious false, or excuse me, a false religious system. 
ba say this with me, Babylon, Babylon. of 17, 17. is a, y'all are a little slow. All right, Babylon of chapter 17 is a false religious system. All right, Babylon of 18 is a geographic place. It's a city, the headquarters of the Antichrist. The economic center of the world. Does that make sense? Okay, okay. So just so you know, what we studied last time was a system, okay? The false religious system. What we're studying tonight is a real place, a real geographic region where the headquarters, the, the, the economic and political headquarters of the Antichrist will be. And it happens to be no other place than Babylon in modern-day Iraq. Now, is everybody together? Okay, all right. If you don't get it by now, I don't know what to do. All right, here we go, here we go. Now, here we read of commercial Babylon, which represents the great global system of the latter days. Babylon in view is the Antichrist world commercial empire, which will rule the world during the last half of the tribulation period. The Antichrist will be able to build the largest commercial empire the world has ever known. God's destruction of commercial Babylon is the theme of chapter 18. Babylon pictured here will be an actual city that will be the hub and headquarters of the Antichrist's economic empire. All right? Now, I want to do this before we jump into point number one. I want to read. I've got a little information that, that kind of describes ancient Babylon. All right? How many of y'all have heard of the, the, the hanging gardens of Babylon? It is one of the seven ancient wonders of the, of, or seven wonders of the ancient world. Google it. Pretty cool. All right? But this is kind of a description of ancient Babylon, the one that Nebuchadnezzar had. Babylon was a commercial and manufacturing city. Babylonian monarchs knew the value of canals. So for the vast empire over which they reigned, arose the alluvial plains kept fertile by an extensive system of irrigation and drainage. Now you remember, that area in that region of the world is mostly desert. So, so if you know how to do irrigation and drainage and all of that, you, you, got, it, you got it made, all right? Because wherever there's water, there's life. Are y'all with me? Okay, so they were a manufacturing city, a commercial city. According to Herodias, the Royal Canal was wide and deep enough to be navigable to merchant ships. Alexander, which would be Alexander the Great, enlarged these canals for his fleet. They may again be open for commercial use. The royal palace was magnificently decorated with statues and furnished with luxuries that were the result of worldwide conquest. The hanging gardens were one of the well-known wonders of the world. The inhabitants were notorious for luxurious living and self-indulgence. Now keep that in your head. Keep that in your head. The inhabitants were notorious for luxurious living and self-indulgence. Ancient writers have abundantly confirmed the scriptures by bearing witness to the corruption of the Babylonian morals. We may be sure that the Babylon of the future, as exhibited to us here in Revelation, shall not be less imposing in commercial grandeur and luxury than of old. Now, I want to show you some pictures. This is not a Babylon. I believe this is a city that's going to be rebuilt or even it, uh, uh, be taken on by the Antichrist. But this is, this is uh, Dubai. I want you to look at some of these pictures. All right, keep on. Now this is, this is man-made beachfront property. Now think about this. They went into the ocean and made a palm tree beach and all of them are houses if you don't have no beachfront property, make your own. Can you imagine the money it took to do this? All right. This is all in Dubai. Which that's not that significant. I mean, it's beautiful, but we have some of that. Keep on. 
This is an incredible, incredible wealthy city. Hold on to there. Is that not a souped-up pool? Come on. Now look, this is, this is an unheard of, I don't think we can even comprehend in our mind the wealth that's here. And most of this is oil money, okay? This is the same region of the world that Iraq is in. Iraq has oil money, and, and, and I, all I'm saying, I want you to get in your head this beautiful city. This wealthy city. So you can understand when we get to the part when it's being destroyed and how they're mourning over it, you'll know why. Okay? So does everybody have in your head, in the headquarters, it's going to be a one world headquarters, all the wealth of the world is going to flow through it, in and out of it, what kind of city this city is going to be? Can everybody get that? Okay? Now, let's jump into our study. All right? First, we see the voice of judgment. Look what it says, verses 1 through 3. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the greatest fallen is fallen, is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. All right, so let's look at number one. Write down this, the voice of judgment. Verses one through three, we find the voice of judgment. This angel announces the fall of Babylon, an event that has already been announced in chapter 14 and chapter 16. The repetition of is fallen is fallen suggests the dual judgment of the two chapters on religious Babylon, which is chapter 17, and commercial Babylon, which is chapter 18, as well as the statement in verse 6 that she should receive what? Double for her sins. This great city, this great city, the center of the world economic system, will finally get what it deserves from the hand of God. It has become a habitation of demons, all right, and a haven for foul spirits. This is the same geographic region that we studied earlier when the demons came out of the abyss that God used to judge and punish the earth. How many of y'all remember that? Say amen. The 200 million uh, demonic herd that came forth. All right. Now, so now it's inhabited by demons. Satan is often pictured as a bird. And also we see verse 3 indicates that Babylon influenced the nations of the earth the way wine influences drunkards. But this city made them rich, which was all that mattered to them. Now look at the, look at the terms it's used. So first, first we see judgment. The angel is declaring this in verse number 2. He's saying it's fallen, it's fallen, it's become the habitation of devils and, and, and the hold of hateful birds. This is used as the terminology you see vultures. How many of y'all have, have ever seen... Oh, National Geographic, you've seen something dead and vultures everywhere waiting to... That's, that's the picture of this city and the demons hanging over it waiting to devour in the destruction that is so desolate in this city. But then it says in verse number 3, it says, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Now, what, is this, what does this mean? How many of you have heard the, the, the term or you use the term, uh, so-and-so's in bed with so-and-so? In other words, you see this in, in, in politics all the time. Uh, this particular political party is in bed with big money or big tobacco or, or, or the NRA. Does that make sense? In other words, they're in cahoots together. That's what this terminology means. They've, the kings of the earth have committed fornication with this city. They've been in bed together. They, <coughs> they were trading. They were using this city to gain wealth and riches, all right? All the political leaders. Now, how many of y'all know people will do anything for money? People will kill for money. They will sleep with you for money. They will do all kinds of immoral acts for money. Morals go completely out the window when it comes to money, all right? That's what we're seeing here. It didn't matter, it didn't matter the immorality and the idolatry that's taking place in the city. They were making money. 
It doesn't matter the morals of somebody as long as it doesn't touch our pocket. And we got to be careful with that because we've used that in several elections here in the United States. Doesn't matter how wicked the person is, look at the economy. Man, it's quiet, isn't it? Now these people, these people, these kings, they didn't care about morality. They didn't care about what's... And you say, why are you saying this? Because you got to understand... The whole time this is going on, there's 144,000 Jewish witnesses globally preaching the gospel. There are two witnesses that are preaching and telling people to come out from them. Believe in the gospel. This is wicked. This is of hell itself. But it does not matter because they are making money. So they're in bed together. He sees this, the kings of the earth, the world leaders. They are so connected to this city. Because it is a city that's bringing them great wealth. It's kind of like, let's put it into, let's put it into today's uh, calculations. We have governments that are, are in partnership with other governments that are doing insanely inhumane acts upon people. Putting people in prison camps and sending them and, and, and executing people. I mean, as far as that goes, if we're, we're honest, the United States does that. We're, we're, in, we're in bed with certain countries in the Middle East that are doing stuff that we find abominable. But guess what? We're making And so that's what's happening here. Does this make sense? Everybody good right here? We all, okay, all right. Now, verse 4. <clears throat> They're waxed rich. The end of verse 3. The merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her. Now we see the second thing. We not only see the voice of judgment, but we see the voice of separation. Somehow there are surviving believers that will be in this city. There will be people who have not taken the mark. They've not received the mark of the beast. And somehow they've been able to either hide or, or that God has uh, had mercy on them and protected them, but they are in this city, living in this city, and God's saying it's time to get out. It says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you. Double unto her, double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. I mean, this, God is just saying what kind of wickedness it is in this city. It says, how much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So she's prideful and arrogant. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. That's, that's arrogant, amen? Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. This is what he's going to bring, death, mourning, and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth. How is God going to judge this city? Fire. He's going to destroy it the same way he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with fire. They're going to see the smoke of her burning. The merchants and, and the people of this world. Uh, you know, when I read this and I was, I was looking at this and, and, and looking at how the people were watching this. And the people we're going to read about in just a second that's mourning this fire going on. I couldn't, help, I couldn't help but think of the Notre Dame that burned in, in Paris. I mean, it was on every TV. It was on, I mean, it was on the news. It was on, you know, flashing news alert. So, so basically, guess who was watching this ancient cathedral burn in Paris? The whole So this is going to happen. This city, God's going to destroy it with fire. Now watch. But God first tells his people to get out. Isn't, isn't, if I remember right, if I remember right, in the Old Testament, there was some of God's people in Sodom. What was his name? Lot. What happened? Before God destroyed it, he sent angels to what? Bring them out. In, do y'all see this? And God is saying, I'm fixing to destroy it. It's time to. 
It's time to get out. All right? Now, some of God's people are in this city. God wants them to come out for two reasons. One, the city's going to be destroyed and he wants them saved. And two, the city is satanic and he does not want them defiled. Come out has always been God's call to his people. For salvation means separation from the world unto the Lord. Say amen. The world glorifies itself. This city is arrogant. It's, it's full of pride. It thinks it's everything. The Christian seeks to glorify God. Listen, pride is the exact opposite of what God wants us to be. The world lives for the delicious pleasures of sin, while the Christian lives for the pleasures of Christ. Look at Babylon's pride in verse 7. I sit a queen and shall see no sorrow. But verse 8 indicates that in one day she will exchange her joys for what? Her riches for what? There is a lesson here for God's people today. Do not share in other people's sins. I want to say this too. There's another lesson. There's another lesson. The wealth in this city... The wealth in this city is unimaginable. It's, it's, it's just there's no way to humanly comprehend. You, you've got to look at it this way. I, I looked up the, 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 the top economic cities in the world right now. London, it, it gave a list. London, Uruk, uh, uh, New York, uh, uh, not Beijing. What's the other one in, in China? Not Beijing, the other one. Not Hong Kong. Shanghai. Shanghai. Okay. All right. And there was like, there was nine of them. There was nine of them that were the top. Number one was New York City. It gave the description of the New York Stock Exchange and, 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 uh, and, and all Wall Street and all that. And it, it, it began to describe what makes it. Uh, I, I, I copied it off because I was going to bring it out and read it to you and I forgot. But uh, it, it describes what makes it a, an economic center of the world. And, man, all the descriptions, was, it was incredible. But the point is, imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine a, 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 the wealth that comes through New York City. But imagine if all the world came through one city. Now, right now, the, 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 the economic money uh, current goes through London and New York and, 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 and Tokyo and, and, and Shanghai, yeah. right? But imagine if these are different centers, economic centers, but imagine if there was only what kind of wealth that city could be. Now think about this. Now think about this. All of this is here. All of this is here. The wickedness, the immorality, and, and, and they're, they're saying, you've got to get out. You've got to get out because I'm fixing to destroy it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch, look at, look at number three. <clears throat> we see the voice of mourning. Verse nine. And the kings of the earth that were in bed with this city it says, who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the what? The smoke of her burning, the city's on fire. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, alas, alas, that great city Babylon, the mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. All right, watch this. This is the other lesson. It says in one day, destruction is going to come. In one hour. In one hour. Right? One day, one hour. All the wealth of the world that's been accumulated by all of these people and all of these merchants and all of these kings, in one hour, look at me, guys. Ignore them. Look at me. Look at me in one hour, will be destroyed. Destroyed. Now, what is that telling us about the people who live for money instead of Christ? Everything that you live for, if you are laying your treasures up here on earth, guess what? They can be destroyed and dissolved. Something you've worked an entire lifetime 
can be gone in a moment. Now think about that. So that couldn't happen, that couldn't happen. Tell the people that Bernie Madoff ripped off that couldn't happen. Are y'all with me? What's the point? Lay not your treasures on earth. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Are y'all with me? Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. We see two groups lamenting the fall of Babylon, the kings of the earth and the merchants of the earth. So you have the politicians and you have the businessmen. The politicians and the businessmen. Say that with me. The and the Guess what? They've all been in what? Bed. They've all been in bed with this city. And they've, they've created a culture of, of wickedness. And, and well, anyway, let's, let's continue. And the merchants of the earth, they've committed fornication with Babylon by rejecting the true God and going after idols, money in particular. They sold their souls for, underline that, underline that. They sold their souls for wealth. Their luxurious living was now at an end. Note the repetition of alas, alas in verse 10, 16, and 19. Babylon is judged in one day, and more specifically, in one hour. Why did the merchants and kings lament? Because their merchandise is now gone. Verses 12 through 13 indicate the vast wealth of the mercantile system. Now, I want to read this to you. I've got some stuff for you. We've got to hurry. Look, let's go through this list. Let's go through this list. We see in, in uh, verse 12, we see in verse 12, we, let's talk about the merchandise that's there. All right, 28 times, 28 items, excuse me, 28 items of merchandise is described in this. Now, how many of y'all know everything means something in the Bible? All right, now, here's, here's what I want you to see. Now, this may be confusing, so if it's confused, just forget I said it and just check out the merchandise. But watch this. 28, 28. Is four times seven. Okay? In anybody's math, except Common Core, all right? I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I just had to throw that in there, figure All right. Four. Four is the number of the earth. Okay? It's the number of the earth. Seven is the number of completeness, right? So you have four, the number of the earth, seven, the number of completeness. What does this represent? The full measure, now watch this now, the full measure of the talents, technologies, and labors of man is destroyed as surely as it was at Babel. Think about that. The talent, technologies, and the labors of man. Now, so what is this? What is this? What is this geographical city, this economic super city, if you will, this economic city, the, 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 the headquarters, the hub, the capital of the world, it is man at its best. It's all that man has to offer in talent, in technology, in man's labor. And in an hour, God's going to destroy it. Did y'all see that? Now let's look at him. Let's look at him. The merchandise, the merchandise, all right? Gold, silver, precious stone, and pearls. Gold, silver, precious stone, and pearls. These represent the investment market. If you want to write that down somewhere, the investment market. In the Roman world, in the Roman world, these were the items in which wealth was stored and transported. They correspond to the stock market of modern times, okay? So what's going to be destroyed the stock market, the investment market. All right, number two, we see the fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet. All right, this is the commodities market. This is the commodities market. These fabrics clearly cover the whole textile trade. From Roman times until now, linen and silk have been the earth's most valued materials. The colors scarlet and purple are associated with the religious side of Babylon as well as the commercial side, marking wealth and ostentation. So what do we see? We see the investment market in this city and the commodities market in this city. Is everybody together? Everybody together? Now look at the next one. All thion wood 
and all manner of vessels of ivory and all manners of vessels of most precious wood, of brass, iron, and marble. What is this? This is the materials market. This is the materials market. This is the market where they use to build furniture and build houses, luxury items. In Roman times, these materials were utilized in the nobles' homes to display wealth and to set them apart from the homes of the common people. The rich furniture was made of thion wood, a hard aromatic wood from citron trees. The elaborate vessels of the imported ivory and the construction of marble all speak of wealth, ease, and comfort. Now, how many of y'all would agree that those pictures of Dubai, them people ain't living like Colmanites? Are y'all with me? Everything that's being described here has to do with luxury, ease, and wealth. Are y'all with me? Okay, the next item. The next item, cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense. This is the luxury market. So, so far we have the investment market, the commodities market, the materials, the materials market, and now the luxury market. These top of the range goods were mostly transported from distant lands for the wealthy Romans. For food, for the cosmetic industry, by the way, by the way, most of y'all are not going to have lobster tonight. Or ribeye or filet mignon or, 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 or souped up sushi. Are y'all with me? Most of us going to have bologna. All right, this is in reference to luxurious food items. Things that only the wealthy could have and only the wealthy could attain. These were for food, for the cosmetic industry, For the home, these items were meant to deliver one from the all-pervading stench of city life. Say amen right there. Thank God for the country. Wine, oil, fine flour, and wheat, we see the food market. The food market. Wine, oil, fine flour, and wheat. This was all representative of the wealthy. Then we see the beast and sheep. That's the livestock market. The livestock market. Horses and chariots is the transportation market. The transportation market. And the slaves and souls of men. This is the manpower market. This is, this is labor. Slavery. <clears throat> Alright, they had all of this in the city. Now do you know why all the businessmen are crying? They've lost all their means of making money. Okay? Now, let's jump back to our outline real quick. We've got to finish. Why do the merchants and kings lament? This is in the second paragraph of number three. <coughs> because their merchandise is now gone. Verses 12 through 13 indicate the vast wealth of the mercantile system, including slaves and souls of men. Slavery will increase in the last days, for Satan has always wanted to enslave the souls and bodies of humans. The rich will get richer, and the poor will get Both luxuries and necessities will be destroyed when God judges Babylon. Shipping will be destroyed, and the shipping industry brought to ruin. The world's peoples depend on this economic system to care for them, protect them, and satisfy them. But ultimately, it will fail them. You see, shipmen, if you want to alliterate it, if you want to alliterate it, you can put monarchs, merchantmen, and mariners. These are the three. This is the group of three that's whaling. Why are the monarchs? Because they use it to get wealth. Why are the merchants? Because they're the businessmen who've lost their business. Why are the, merchant, or the, the mariners? Because they were the ones that transported the goods and services. Does that make sense? All right. Now, number four, last of all. We see their voice of rejoicing. It ain't everybody crying. Look what it says in verse 20. Rejoice over her, thou. How many of y'all know that people on earth and people in heaven don't look at things the same? Y'all with me? Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a millstone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, 
Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and the musicians and the pipers and the trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. In other words, he's going to make it completely desolate. The light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. The voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by their sorceries were all nations deceived. Now here's the sad part. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. We see number four, the voice of rejoicing. The men of the earth never have the same viewpoint as the people of God. When Satan was cast out of heaven, heaven rejoiced, but the earth mourned. Now that Babylon has been destroyed, heaven rejoices, but the earth laments. The main reason for heaven's rejoicing is that God has avenged the blood of the martyrs. The Babylonian system is satanic, and from the very beginning, that, you see Genesis 4, that goes all the way back to the original Babylon, the original Nimrod, has been responsible for the martyrdom of God's faithful people. The souls under the altar in Revelation 6, 9 through 11 had asked, How long, O Lord? Now their prayer is answered. God has avenged their blood. The casting down of the millstone indicates the suddenness of God's judgment on the empire of the beast. Note the repeated no more statements in this chapter and read Jeremiah 25, 9 through 11. When God says no more, there is nothing man can do to what? We have seen then the destruction of the beast's economic and religious empire. All that remains is for Christ to destroy his armies. And this we see in chapter now listen to me. Everybody look at me. Don't, don't, don't shut your minds. Sometimes when you shut your paper, you shut your mind. Don't do that. All right. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. We see in this particular, we see in this the, the millstone, a picture. This is, this is symbolism. This is an image. How many of y'all have ever taken a big rock? Just a big rock. The millstone was what they used to grind the, the wheat in the, in the, the mills. You know, it's, it's usually about a foot wide. And about that tall, just a heavy, heavy. That's so, so can you imagine an angel strong enough to pick one of them up and drop it into the sea, what it's going to look like? A souped up cannonball, right? Everybody understand that? This is the image God wants you to put in your head. It going in, you see the huge splash in the huge response. But guess what the millstone does? It disappears. And in just a few minutes, guess what's left? Nothing. Not even a ripple on the water. And God wants you to see that this city, which was the Taj Mahal of the world, the capital of the world, the best that man could put forward when God's through with it, it will be as if it never existed. The destruction is going to be that that plain, that severe. The last verse, though, the last verse, it says, For found in it, in this city, was the blood of prophets, saints, the martyrs of this earth. Now, what do we see here? I read a, I read a commentary that believed that most, of the, that most of the executions that's going to take place during the tribulation period is beheading. Guillotines. And, and this writer that I was reading behind believed that, that people who refuse to take the mark of the beast will be brought to be judged to this city and be executed because they will not bow down and they will not take the mark. And that is the blood that's referenced in this particular verse. There's going to be mass executions of people because the greatest harvest of souls that will ever take place on this planet will not be during the Billy Graham era. It will be during the tribulation period with the 144,000 Jewish witnesses, with the two witnesses that are preaching in Jerusalem, with the angel that proclaims the gospel. And the Satan, through the Antichrist, is going to destroy and execute untold millions. But God is going to give this place double for her sins. What do we know? 
the devil's going to finally have his kingdom. He's going to finally have the worship he's always wanted. He's going to finally have, be the God of this world. And Jesus is going to take it all from him. Chapter 17, chapter 17, the false religious, come on people, the false religious, all right, chapter 18, this is the economic system, this is the economic place, the geographic city, the headquarters of his economic kingdom, 17, the the religious system destroyed, 18, the economic system destroyed. 19, the armies in the government system to be continued. All right, let's all stand. Everybody stand, stretch your legs, stretch your legs. If you got behind, if you went and got some popcorn, watch it again, watch it again. That's it. I'm telling you, you'll be amazed at what you'll pick up. What you'll pick up. Even if you didn't go for popcorn, how many of y'all have watched a movie, you didn't go for popcorn, but the second time you saw it, you saw something else? I would encourage you, go to the website, watch it again, listen to it again. Every time, God will show you something else. And all God's people say it. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your word. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house. I pray that you'll bless us all now as we go home.